People have told stories of the strange and supernatural for centuries. Tales of the restless dead return to haunt the living. Whispers of damned souls doing the devil's bidding on earth. Rumors of inhuman things that still hunt the old forests, untouched by the glare of modern life. There may be more to these stories than you could ever imagine. Join us tonight as we delve into the deeper truth inside these mysteries. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Don't Break the Oath Podcast. Hello, how the devil are you all? Right, so today we'll be talking about Chillingham Castle, situated in the north of England. Yeah, Northumberland. Northumberland, which is pretty beautiful, actually. Very beautiful. Very beautiful place. Well, it's essentially the border, it's like the borderline between Scotland and England, so over the centuries it's been uh, the seat of many a battle, Yeah, Uh, you know, because it's quite close to the well, coast. Well, it's, it's the first defence. Yeah. yeah. The Scots get it invading England. Of so, and obviously we're not just telling you the history about it, obviously it's it's meant to be one of the most haunted castles in Britain. So, look forward to that. Right, just before we get into that then, reviews, we didn't have any new reviews this week, I don't believe, so obviously keep them coming if you can leave us one please yes, do so very very important uh, we've got a listener story coming up shortly from Dylan I think we'll get into that and I think it's very very interesting yep. so again if you've got a story send us please send it to us you can uh, you know, send it via the website that's not a problem um, Patreons did we have anybody sign an oath to us I think we did didn't we, we did yes. we did so that was Jim Story Thank you very much, Jim. Welcome aboard. So, signed his allegiance. So yes. Hopefully, uh, you enjoy that. Thank you very much. Right, so let's get on with the show. So, let's start with a let's start with a history of the castles. I think that's the, the easiest place to start. And this castle's over eight hundred years old. But originally, it started out as uh, an abbey. Yeah. Yeah. Twelve. I think if I'm right, my twelve ninety eight to thirteen oh eight. Yeah, well, it it was um, an abbey, then a fortress, and basically then it became a castle. Mm, uh, yeah. Modern day, it is it's still there and it's in good repair. The guy who owns it now, Sir Humphreys, repaired it, put the floors in, put the roof in, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they use it for weddings and that kind of stuff now. But let's go back to because he took over in the nineteen eighties. I don't know if it's coincidence or not, but it was in the hands of the Bennett family, and originally it was in the hands of the Gray family. Uh, before Humphrey takeover yeah. in the nineteen eighties, and his wife is actually from the Gray family, so it's kind of gone back into like, old Sears, if you like. So, and then there, if that's uh, coincidence or you know, but anyway, the castle itself, like I say, nowadays it's um, it's got an enclosed park. It's got its own herd of cattle, which has basically yeah. been there since the medieval times. Not the same um, ones, like, but different. No, ones. no, but they're genetically isolated. Yeah, so. of course, yeah, yeah. But they, yeah. so they're called the Chillingham cattle, and like I say, they they're. There are about 90 ahead, uh, pop, uh, population of cattle there. Like I say, the castle itself now, uh, the guy who owns it, uh, Edward Humphrey Tyrrell Wakefield and his wife, they've basically converted this place into like, um, it's like a wedding venue, uh, a guest, yep. uh, and like a B&B type thing, like hotel type thing. And obviously, you go there for your meals then, and, ob- and they do do ghost hunts. Yeah, um, yeah so you can do ghost hunts obviously. With, with a meal before you go, you know, mm. hunting away, so... So that's the one day, and I'll get on to a little bit what Humphrey says about the place, because yeah, obviously he lives there, so he's a good port of call. But I'll get on to it a little bit after we've done the history of the place. So, of course, like I said before, the castle started out as a monastery in the late uh, 12th century. In 1298, King Edward uh, the First, or Longshanks, or the Hammer of the Scots, as he was known yeah. faithfully in the parts, yeah, he stayed there on his way to the, to battle the Scottish army. Incidentally, the Scottish Army led by William Wallace of Braveheart fame. Of course. Essentially, Edward stayed there. And when he stayed there, I found this little detail nice. He had his own glazed window put in. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, because like... Is it, it double? It's a lot of those castles in them days didn't even have windows, did they? So he well, had his no. Own, so he had his own window put in. Um, <sighs> but essentially, every century since the castle's been there, king or queen has stayed there. So you can see it's quite an important place. Yeah, absolutely. 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 So like all good castles then, it's got its fair share of ghost stories and I guess people want to know why it's haunted. Um, but like all castles in medieval Britain, yep. it had its fair share of executions on site 
Uh, obviously, it's got its own dungeon, and it's got a custom-built torture yeah, room. Yeah, custom-built. With a sloping floor to drain away the blood. Definitely custom-built, mate. I mean, that is that is serious shit, then. If you're building a room, obviously, you know it's a torture room. Like, you know, when, when the architects were planning it, they are saying, like, this is a bedroom, this is the bathroom, and this is the torture room. Yeah. Oh, that, that, of course, that would have a sloping floor, all the modern mod drain, cons, you know. It's got its own draining yeah. methods. We built one in Wales, you know, and it had a flat floor, and the blood and the mess, oh, it was terrible. <laughs> you just imagine, okay, but do you want to give us a little bit of the outline yeah. of the, the dungeon fair? The dungeon is apparently, it's only a very small room, like... Mm. Well, it doesn't need to be big, does it? Everyone's chained to the wall. Well, yeah. With yeah, It had markings scratched into the mortar where the prisoners have kept count of how many days they had left to live. Mm. That was very nice, wasn't it? So you normally scratch how many days you've been there, don't you? Yeah. But they were scratching, oh, shit, yeah, I'm getting yeah. close now. Yeah. yeah. Later when we go into this other uh, guy, um, I, I believe there, there, there wasn't days, mate. There was hours. It was like a rushing yeah, yeah. one in, one yeah, out, yeah. one in, one out. Anyway, uh, the prisoners could expect to have their arms and legs broken before being thrown 20 feet down a hole into the oubliette and left there to die. That's a massive hole. I mean, can, I mean, can you imagine it's been yeah, getting near? Yeah, essentially, it's just a pit. Yeah, it's a, a pit. 20 foot. Imagine a well, yeah. like a stone well. Uh, the the, the oubliette is essentially just like a well, but obviously there's no... There's nothing at the bottom, it's just a hole. Yeah. Uh, and you just fall into it. So you're falling 20 feet, I mean... Break your arms, break your legs, break your neck. But a lot of them are bro- broken in to- during the torture anyway, so you're falling down there. Can you man- imagine falling on your broken oh. limbs? And then it doesn't end there, because, I mean, you're falling down there, you've got broken limbs, and then you're st- starving to death, and yeah. obviously the body's strewn around you from other prisoners that were down there, <laughs> yeah. either da- dead or dying. Uh, yeah, he said that sometimes prisoners would start to eat chunks of flesh from Ill others and even their own bodies. Yeah, just to prolong their life. Their life. That's some sh- serious shit. Uh, and they can, they can quite easily, it's starting to form in your, your imagination now why this place is haunted. Uh, there's a lot of bad energy yeah, flowing. Well, next up, uh, again, this is the custom-built torture chamber. You know, this is the crandy mop of a, a very evil, sadistic uh, man. Anyway, nearly all the torture implements are in perfect working order. This they're still today. Yeah. Going that place, yeah, they're still there. They're still yeah. there. They're still in perfect working order after all these years. And each is sick and deranged as the next. I mean, I think we'll we'll put some of these photos up on Hangout as well, won't we? Yeah. You know, we'll, yeah. We'll, you know. I think the, the worst one, I don't know which one you're... Particular favourite was. Oh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got no favourite ones. Really, but, uh, mate, honest, mate. The barrel. Oh, f- yeah, the barrel. Um, yeah, the barrel. Do you want to explain? Yeah, the barrel. the barrel. Apparently, they. What is it? You open the barrel and then you put the person in. It's got spikes inside. Close the barrel. You to roll them around, up and around. I mean, of course, it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hands. Yeah. The hands would be. Well, flesh would, uh, flesh would be. Hands and feet bound. Yeah. So you'd be in there just. And, I mean, oh, you ever walk through a thorn patch, you know, and got them thorns sticking in you? But yeah. obviously, you, you can get them out. Can you imagine just yeah. being rolled and rolled? We did that when we was kids. We uh, there was a big pile, not that, yeah, not in a barrel, well, not, not in a barrel. Yeah, yeah, yeah we okay. Put, yeah, two kids we didn't like we put them in a barrel. No, um, there was like um, a fencing, some yeah. fencing, like coiled fencing, Ooh. and someone said, "Oh, wouldn't it be funny if we went in there?" So, so you know, I well, I didn't necessarily volunteer, but I was volunteered, and I went inside this. Uh, wire, mm. just like wire fencing, you know, for a fence, but it's yeah. all coiled up into a ball, uh, into a roll, and I crawled inside, and then they pushed me down the hill. And it, was, it was all shits and <laughs> As giggles. you do. Yeah, it was all shits and giggles until halfway down the, down the uh, hill, one of the spikes was pointed up, oh. so every time it went round, it just jabbed into me. It was sticking in me like a needle, every yeah. time. And what is it? It's quite thick, isn't it? Yeah, the, they are. You know, the fencing. Yeah, the and there was like punch rolls all down my back. Oh. Yeah, luckily, you know, I kept my hands on my eyes, because it got in my eye, blinded yeah. me. Children but, uh, have such fun, don't they? And they get to the bottom and they say, do you want to go again? Like, <laughs> <laughs> in blood. There, there is one that really rolled anyway, my stomach. Mate. I took my ball and, it, and went home. Yeah, this, this one kind of rolled my stomach and made me sh- you know, shiver a bit, really. I remember this is, I mean, we're going to go on about this guy later on. But these are custom-built torches. Mm. You know, we're going to go on about the torture later yeah. on, John Sage, yeah? Yeah, we are, yeah. But this is one that's really, pff, this guy's sick. He's a sick shit, all right? Right, it says that there are cages that but, would have been attached to a prisoner's stomach, mm. right? And a starved rat would be put inside, and the only way out for the rat was to eat his way out through the victim. How sick and sadistic mm. is that? And they used to heat the cage, so the, the rat would have no choice but to burrow into the yep. into the victim. Uh, well, I mean, that's going to wait, isn't it? Uh, just a bit, yeah, absolutely. 
But again, this torture chamber, you know, it's still people visit still today, um, and all the implements are still there. People can pick them up and whatever. And sick place, sick place. So you say you say this sage was sick. Um, again, he's a paid torturer, so I don't know. Well, he's one of the king's favourites, isn't he? Yeah, he's a, he's a, one of the king's favourites, ex-military man. Do you want to give, do you give few... us the uh, the brief? Yeah, okay. Of he, uh, Sage, John Sage, uh, how he came to be the torturer. Well, John Sage used to fight for was it King Edward, one of his little favourites, and uh, one day he got uh, badly injured on the battleground. He got a spear through his leg. Mm. Of course, then at his mobility, he couldn't fight anymore. So anyway. Uh, Luckily for him, he was the rank of a lieutenant when this happened. Correct. So he wasn't just a grunt. No, no. He was one of the one of the king's favourites. And the king, uh, you know, he asked the king, obviously he didn't want to be hanging about doing nothing, so he said, mm. I'll, well, be, I'll be... He, he, begged, he begged the king for yes. uh, for another position, didn't he? To, anyway, he gave it. The king uh, said, right, you can be uh, in charge of the... Uh, you can be one of our chief torturers then. So that's he did. And God, did he? He was also AKA known as, he was named John Sage, but also he had a, his name was called John Dragfoot. Because of his wounding battle. Yeah. And this is why sometimes, you know, when ghost uh, hunters go in there sometimes and they're, they're vigil in there and they get sometimes they can hear somebody, uh, a discounted entity moving about dragging his foot. Possible that could be John Sage, mm. you know, but he wasn't also known as John Dragfoot because uh, he had a gammy leg. So this, this guy again, sadistic entrepreneur left in charge of all these devices and uh, yeah he ki- apparently this guy i mean he, he didn't just torture people he, he actually he enjoyed he, he, enjoyed he it actually way. came up with new devices oh, yes absolutely there's like an, an eye gouger that's still there today that he actually designed himself yes he loved it he loved his job yeah it's like a security to get on the gate you know well, a security to, I mean, guard on the gate who thinks he's he owns a place you know what i mean he, I he suppose, just loved his job i suppose being disabled in them days was going to be difficult. Uh, I mean, it's difficult enough nowadays Ooh. to some extent. So, to me, I, you know, I get the feeling that he didn't really have a lot of choice. He had to do a good job. Most likely, loved killing people. Anyway. Oh yeah, he didn't like. But he hated, he hated, hated the Scots. Yeah, with yeah, Avengers, Scots, by the so. way, he hated the Scots, and most of his victims were Scottish. Were yeah. so. It is said that uh, around his three-year killing period, he killed around seven and a half thousand people. Yeah, he was killing fi- up to fifty people a week. Was it? Yeah, that's on. Is that on this, on this shift? <laughs> Fifty people a week. That's not just killing them; that's torturing them as well. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you end up there, you're not going to get a confession out of you and say, "Right, you're free to go," is it? He's no. going to kill you anyway. So I mean, he enjoyed it. You know, he had all his gadgets, and they he he, he, he be, well, he became of a some kind of celebrity there, didn't he? Lee, at that time, he was well known. Well known. He was well known because obviously. That that comes back to uh, to him at the end, doesn't it? Cause, yeah, uh, it does. He gets his comeuppance, which is uh... well, the war with the Scots was coming to an end, and Sage wanted rid of the Scots, the prisoners that he had at the castle. He wanted them rid of you know fifty a week. Oh, that's pretty quick, but he wanted rid of them quickly, more quickly. So yeah. he decided to have a big bonfire. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we did, we had looked, didn't we? we? We thought, well, where did he put the remains? Got, got obviously, there's a lake nearby. They shove them all in there anyway. Uh, so he, uh, he burnt them all. What he did, he he took um, the the older people, the men and women, uh, to the courtyard, and he put them so adolescents huge... and adult. But he made yeah, this is he, women and men. Yeah, the women and the men. He took them to the courtyard and he put them all onto huge bonfires. Mm. Now the younger children and the little children, right? Because uh, there was younger children and some babies as well. We're talking, yeah, talking from the age of one. Absolutely right. Now they was on in the Edward room, yeah. or it's now called called the killing room, and uh, they were made to watch their ch- their their parents burned to death. Now. That's horrific enough, but again, he did not, you know, this John Sage, that wasn't enough for him. Mm. He then was alleged to have gone back to, when that was done, back to the killing room or the Edward room, and then kill all the children with an axe mm. by himself. Because he was paranoid that if he let the little children, even though there was one, you know, for, it ranged from like one to, one one to, to five, maybe six, six seven, seven like that, yep. they... He was paranoid that if he was to let them free, they would obviously grow older 
uh, and come back for, re- for revenge. Possible. So he's just completely paranoid at this point. Um, and obviously he, he didn't to, want anybody to see what he was doing. So kills them. Kills them. So he comes to a bit of a grisly end of well, his own, doesn't he? So. Well, he was seeing a uh, you know he was seeing this girl. Well, I reckon he had more than that. But anyway, this is main girl he was with. Called uh, she was called Elizabeth Charlton, and it's it said that one night they were having sex on the rack. This is as the, you do yeah. as you do. You know here and there. Um, well, actually, some people pay for that today. Would they? <laughs> Oh, right. I never heard that. I wouldn't like sex on the rack. Mind you, depends uh, what it was with. Anyway, uh, right, uh, what was I? Oh, yeah. They were having sex on a rack when Sage started to strangle Elizabeth to heighten her sexual pleasure. Unfortunately, it took too far and he killed her. Mm. Now then, at this time, I don't know if John knew this, John Sage knew this, but Elizabeth's father was a member of the Border Reavers. Now, these was... These was the elders, the tribe elders. Those yeah, very at that time powerful leaders. The, the Scotland, if you like, was broken into loads of clans. Yeah, the clans, uh, and these were like the the heads of the clans, weren't they? The, the border weavers were like the, was not to be messed with. These yeah. people, these controlled a vast amount of people, or yeah. could mobilize a vast amount of people. Yeah, and at the time, there was sort of working an allegiance with the English. Yeah, until after the war, the border weavers they were a very powerful organization who commanded a vast and highly skilled. An experienced fighting force. It is recorded that Reavers met with Edward Longshanks and instructed him that if, if he did not have Sage killed, they would join forces with the Scots and launch their own assault on Chillingham Castle. So, mm. and at it, this time, he had no money, he was no skint money. Yeah, so the war him. was coming to an yep. end. It cost him a lot of money and he didn't really have the forces to, like I say, the, these, the Reavers control. A lot of people, uh, and an assault like that on Chillingham Castle would have. Yeah. Poss- I mean, it's held its whole own, and it for quite a lot of time. So may- maybe not, but, but he couldn't take the risk, could he? No. So, and he I'm w- sure he, I'm sure it was difficult for him to make the decision to to have Sage killed because it seems like there was quite friendly. Well, again, you know, like a checks like birds of a feather flock mm. together. Anyway, he was forced to call for Sage to be hung. Sage was captured and hung in front of an, an enormous crowd. As he hung, the crowd started to take souvenirs, as you do. Mm. <laughs> uh, first of all, cutting off Sage's toes, fingers, testicles, and nose while he was still alive. Mm. See, every time I hear that, it's not the balls that gets me. It's the nose. Why the nose? I don't know. Because that's on the face. I've, I've had my nose broken a couple of times. I mean, that's painful enough. But can you imagine you having your nose cut off while you're still alive? I mean, your balls cut off while you're still alive is not not ideal. But no. the the nose, the nose, the nose. I know. Uh, it's and they not... cut his cock off as well. Well, if his boss, if his balls come yeah. off, then it's got, it's got to come off. Well, so somebody know. must have gone home with that. <laughs> put that in the cabinet. You reckon? Or put it on the window. This is John Sage's balls. <laughs> One of them, anyway. It's not known how long Sage hung there, uh, mutilated before he died. Mm. So he might have just left him there. Maybe a few hours he was dead. So again, you know. And it is said today that the ghost of John Sage has been wandering the castle by many of the visitors and staff. Others claim to have heard footsteps followed by the sound of someone dragging something. That's most likely his leg. Okay, so this is a really interesting uh, story from Dylan. It's one of them, like the paranormal, like most of the paranormal. It's one of them where it's not got a definitive ending. Right. It's just something very strange that happened. Okay. Now it starts by saying he's lived in this neighbourhood for 24 years. Okay, and he's been biking to the local cemetery since he was a young lad, you know, five year old. Uh, now this cemetery itself, as teenagers, they all used to hang out in the cemetery, as you do. Yeah, as you do. He'd been there tons and tons of times. Now there was a certain way into this cemetery and to get back to his house so you come in one side and then to get back to his house you'd have to cross like a little river in the middle to be like a little bridge going off this little cemetery little river it'd be like a picnic area type thing one side so to the right of the, the river okay and then the bridge be to the left and they always to congregate on the like picnic area if you like on the back there now he said he was there 
I think it was just him and his girlfriend this night, and it was up down there. Then had a little bit to drink. He acknowledges that, okay. Yep. So, they're there, they're chatting and that, and for, he had to get back home for half past nine, okay. So, there was something he wanted to watch on telly. So he knows he needs to get home for that time. Now, it normally takes him 15 minutes to bike from that position yep. back to his house. And so, obviously, he wanted to get home for... Sorry, he wanted to get home for 10, I think it was. So he left at half past nine. That was the plan. So half an hour for him to get home. Yeah, well, it took 15 minutes ago, but he wanted to be home for 10. Okay. So he sets off at half past nine. So the biking, and next thing he knows, he's heading towards the bridge, uh, and it was about 50 feet away at this point. It's visible, he says it's visible, and a right turn away. There's no trees in the way. As soon as we ride over the patch of, there's a patch of mud on the floor that he rides over, they're both on the bikes, and obviously you know what happens when you ride over mud. It sprays up your, your yeah. back, makes you look like you shit yourself. So he said his eyes were down watching the ground because he didn't want to go over this muddy puddle. Uh, so he's, he's biking alongside his girlfriend. Next thing he knows, there's a, uh, he's coming round, okay? And is the other side of the bridge in a matter of seconds so a journey that should have took maybe a minute or so it's seconds so is this side of the bridge 50 feet away from the next thing to the other side of the bridge and they're both looking at each other and say what's just happened you know that thing yeah and obviously at that point they just take off biking it even says he says i don't even i don't even mind admitting you know that he actually rode off that fast he's actually left his girlfriend behind he sent me the conversation that they had when they came round like and so his girlfriend said to him where are we and he said well, I don't know you don't know where we are no I don't know where we are I don't even know how we got here and then his girlfriend says let's get the fuck out of here so they did right they shot home and he, like I say he's embarrassed to say he left his girlfriend behind yeah, he, did, right. he did stop and wait for them when no. he got outside the cemetery so he's getting down there and they're speeding back to the house and it's it's dark Okay, now that didn't ring any alarm bells at that time. But he gets gets there. Didn't he, remember he didn't even cross this bridge. Gets back, and when he gets back, it's like quarter to, quarter to one in the morning. Quarter one. So he should have been back for ten. Right. Now it's quarter to one. He sent me pictures um, of the layout of the cemetery. Mm. So, like I said, like I described you, there's a way in on the right-hand side of this river, and then obviously there's a way out on the left. Right. So, okay. to to get from where he came in, to get to the other side and come out the left entrance, if you like, there's no way to do it other than crossing over that bridge. Now, they never crossed the bridge. They lost a couple of hours. Yeah, three hours. You know, and I asked him, you know, did you see uh, any lights or craft or anything like that? But he just said, no, it was just... Which was literally that. They were just biking towards the thing. Next thing they know, two hours has gone missing, and it never happened before, and it never has never happened since. So, what do you make of that? It's strange. Could it be some kind of a open corridor that they went through? So it sounds like some sort of time slip thing, doesn't it? Possible. But, you know, it's a very similar story. I mean, uh, Busty told us a story, didn't he? Where he was travelling from one place across this main road yep. uh, in his car he's driving from one village to the next and the only way to cross to get from this village to that village is to cross this main road I think it was the, was it the M40 or M4 something like that and there's no other way you've got to cross over this you know, there's a bridge that could take yeah. you over it like, but the, the, it's the only way you can get over it so you know if you've gone over a motorway uh, and he's driving along and it should take the journey should take him half an hour uh, and next thing he knows he's pulling into the other village and he's set off, and it's only been a quarter of an hour. The journey takes half an hour. He's done it countless times. Mm. For whatever day, whatever reason, he can't remember crossing the, the bridge. Now, we all drive and have that, you know, that mom- momentary yeah, where, yeah, where you've think, been driving a long time, and you, you overtake, you look behind you, and there's a truck behind you, and you think, well, I can't even remember overtaking the truck. Yeah, you I've know? done that a few times. So, we all have that, but that doesn't get us home quicker, just... You know, not not remembering to overtake it. You know, don't go home and go. Oh, look, it should have took me ten hours, but it's only took me three. So I can't remember half a journey. No, this is something totally different. Because, like I say, he's got there, and the time is shortened as well. Yeah. Again, this goes on my theory. Again, which I'll say the past, the present, and the future are working at the same time. Yeah. So what he's done is he's maybe just gone. You know, there's been a time a time loop, and bang, just gone a quarter of an hour, missed it. Mm. 
go straight into it. So that's that. That's that one. Right, so we do some paranormal news. Let's, mate, let's do it. Welcome to another instalment of the Paranormal News, broadcasting to you from places unknown, bringing you the top three paranormal headlines of the week. Five, four, three, two, one... Number three. A paranormal investigator had his holiday interrupted by a ghoul he caught on camera, appearing to carry a lantern walk through a wall. Tony Ferguson had been enjoying a trip to Nottingham with a friend when the pair visited the 500 caverns in the city of Caves that lie below the shopping centre. After spotting a ghostly figure, Tony began filming to see what he could pick up and was left terrified when he picked up what he claims is a full apparition in 1800 period dress moving through the darkness. Footage shows a light appear to float in the darkness before a full figure emerges and appears to pass right through the wall of the caves, which dates back to at least 900 AD, but possibly even older. The 32-year-old ghost hunter from Southampton said, What is so amazing is that I was only there on my holidays. I was just exploring like any tourist would really. I wasn't expecting to capture anything at all. The ghost was carrying a lantern of some kind and his clothes are not from our time. They looked like they were from the 1800s. A lot of people picked up on this when they watched the video. There would not have been much light down here 300 years ago and they would have needed to carry candles or lanterns back then there would be not have been light light lighting like there is now so that explains why the figure is carrying a lantern mm. Mm. Uh, i actually saw it earlier in the night i picked it up and i could see it staring at me i carried on talking and it disappeared we walked on and the figure appeared in front of us and it walked right through the wall. You could hear it go through the wall. It made a whooshing sound. I don't know what could that be. Some kind of energy from it, perhaps. After I saw it, I checked the camera and realised it, it had picked up the figure. Thank God. I was shocked. I had to look back lots of times to check no one was there. But there was no, no way anybody was down there. And there's no way someone could walk through a wall unless they have some special powers. I don't know. It was a, it was a full apparition. People have been saying it is an amazing capture. I'm over the moon to have caught it. And we can put that on the hangout. That'll be straight on the hangout, that video. Number two. This is from CNN. Uh, pilots say they spotted UFOs while flying over Arizona. Hmm. Two commercial pilots flying over the Arizona desert claim they saw an unidentified flying object pass overhead, according to a radio broadcast released by the Federal Aviation Administration. A Learjet pilot, an American Airlines pilot, also saw the object on the 24th of February and radioed the regional air traffic controller in Albuquerque. Was anybody uh, above us that just passed us like uh, 30 seconds ago? The Learjet pilot said in a brief exchange. Negative, said the air uh, traffic controller. Okay, said the pilot. Uh, Something did. Uh, A UFO? Someone quickly responded. Yeah, the pilot replied again with a chuckle. You can't be too serious, can you? Of course you can. The second second sighting... Minutes later, the FAA controller alerted an American Airlines plane that was flying in the area, according to the recording released by the FAA. American 1095, uh, let me know if you uh, pass uh, over anything uh, there in the next uh, 15 miles, an air traffic controller said. 
let you know if anything passes over, the pilot responded. Uh, American 1095 Affirmative, the controller said. We have an aircraft in front of you that reported something passing over him and uh, they didn't uh, have any targets, so just yeah, um, let me know if you see anything pass over you. All right, said the pilot. Shortly, the pilot radioed the traffic controller also reporting a mysterious object. Again, you know, because we call it UFO... This is what the papers do, because we said UFO earlier, we mm. can't say that anymore, so now it's mysterious object. So if, it's, ah, if right. it comes up again, it'll be the mistaken vehicle or some, some shit, like weather balloon. Weather balloon. So that's a good uh, it's America 1095. Yeah, something just passed over, as the pilot said. I don't know what it was, but at least two, three thousand feet above us, uh, yeah, it passed right over the top of us. The American Airlines jet, the Airbus A321, was flying from San Diego to Dallas, according to the Flight Radar 24. Uh, the American Airlines referred all questions to the FAA. It's unclear whether the object was spotted by the pilots was a UFO. The FAA spokesperson suggested the object was necessarily some- wasn't necessarily something out of this world. We have a close working relationship with a number of other agencies and safely safely handling military aircraft and civilian aircraft of all types in the area every day, including high-altitude weather loons. The FAA spokesman said, well, they say that, and then the pilots just reported something flying over his head. Yeah. Two pilots. So we're not that closely monitoring, are they? Correct. If it was terrestrial. Of course. Number one, from the Miro. Miro. Driverless vehicle feared possessed by a ghost after it's caught on camera ramming into another car. A driverless vehicle appeared to be possessed by a ghost when it was caught trying to ram itself into a passing car. The CCTV footage shows the pedicab, which is a motorbike attached to a small trailer, parked on the pavement. As a white car drives past, the bike suddenly pulls away, staring left as if it was trying to crash into the driver's door. The car stops and the passenger's door opens as the pedicab continues its solo journey, veering into the curb and performing a right U-turn. A helpful witness jogged after the errant vehicle, climbing aboard and bringing it to a halt. The car's bemused driver and passenger both get out, stunned as to what's just happened in the streets in China. Chinese media reported that the incident is being investigated. After the footage was posted on social media, some viewers suggested it was Poltergeist had taken control of the unnamed vehicle. Unmanned vehicle, I should say. One viewer commented, I would call this paranormal activity. Another quipped in... It's a hit and run. <laughs> Was it remote control? Uh, anyway, the video will be up on uh, Hangout. Okay, so as ever, the paranormal news stories are on. Will be available on Hangout. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, we'll put them on there. If you remember to post them up this time, I will post them up. Yeah, uh, I time. should point out that. A UFO story sent to me by Morgan Sharpley in the Facebook group. So thank you very much for that. Thank you very much. Right. So moving on to the ghosts of the castle, because that's what we're here for. Do you want to start with? Because we just covered sage. So do you want to start with what people sense more than? Yeah. Well, as we said before, when he killed the people um, in the courtyard and uh, you know burnt them, and then he went up up to the Edward killing room. And the children who are watching, he killed them with the axe. The axe is actually still there. Mm. It's actually, it's actually on the, it's actually on the stairwell uh, towards the Edward room. So it's still there today, which is quite horrific. Um, and if things do attach, because I mean, there's plenty of t- TV programs where I talk about uh, spirits attaching to negative objects. Um, and obviously, we know about the like the Dibbit box stuff like that. Possibly. Yeah. So if that axe is still there and it's been used for those sorts of purposes, you'd, it will. You'd... It'll definitely um, have the energy still on it. And also, because it's been stone walls, it'll, you, you will have a hell of a lot of residual, you know, oh, residual yeah. castles energy. Are, uh, castles are notorious for, oh, of course, yeah, for the stone. Yeah. 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 So, what, um, what do people get then? In obviously, well, this is in the Edward where Edward he used to, where he used to frequent the dungeon and the torture in the yeah. Game. Well, this is where they killed the children. Well, obviously, the Edward room you could see out the courtyard. 
and honestly, he'd march the uh, adults out, out there, burn them alive, come back to the Ed- Edward room and kill the children. Now, the Edward room is one... It's, I'm not surprised. It's one of the most active rooms in the castle. And people often say they see the chandelier hanging from the ceiling, swinging without it, be, without it being moved. The room has also a foul smell and has a strange atmosphere. I'm not surprised. Mm. And that's, so, that's the same in the torture chamber. Torture chamber as well. And exactly the dungeon. The same. They smell the, the smell, the smell of him, basically. Yeah. You know, people, uh, are, people are attributing the smell to Sage. And then we talked about the they hear the dragon, they hear the footsteps for this dragon behind. Yeah, I'll say that's him, like dragging his leg behind, because obviously it was, it was called John Dragfoot as well. Yeah. So every single part of this castle has a ghost attached to it. And now, it's got a story, isn't it? Every pretty room. much. The Great Hall obviously leads into the chapel and the minstrel galleries. The minstrel galleries were built onto the, the you know, this was a later yeah. addition, but it's still haunted. The actual Milton Garrows now, they're actually used as a tea room, uh, which would be great for me because I, I fucking love a tea room. Well, yeah. And when we go to York, we'll be going to Betty's, won't we? Yeah, we know. I know we're your, is it, you're to your Yorkshire pudding. Yeah, the, a bit of tea and a sandwich and a cake. Can't beat it. Yeah, definitely, mate. So, anyway, getting back to the Great Hall, this is a room with a lot of artifacts in there. So, again, you know, when we talk about attachments. There's a life-size statue of horseman uh, on his yep, horse. That's right. There's stuffed elephants' heads, chainmail for elephants' armor, tapestries on the wall. There's a human skull in there, and this skull is one. It moves around on its own. Mm. So you put it in one location, then you come in the walk out, walk back in. It's moved. Gone somewhere and, else, and it's continual. The minstrel guys themselves, like I say, these are a late addition to the uh, to the castle itself. But when there was excavating the floor. Because obviously it's a wooden floor, and yep. when Humphrey moved in, so Humphrey he actually had to renovate the castle. It was in basically disrepair, so he had to put all new floors in, all new roofs in, basically anything that was wood, basically rotted away. Yeah, and it's said that when they were renovating the floor, a creature, a toad-like creature, came through the wall, then became like it took on the appearance of a human mm. uh, before disappearing after a few seconds. I wouldn't be surprised if that was uh, John John Sage. I mean, that is just a weird, yeah, weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. But still, today, I mean, in that room, people, as I say, it's a tea room now, which is you know, but people still get this awful I'm feeling. Surprised, do you? And, yeah, it's well, still can be there, isn't it? Also, you get the chapel. This is where the place where people would come to pray to their god before going out to kill Scots or torture them, whatever. Uh, this place is of total hypocrisy. On the wall are flags that would have been taken into battle. Mm. There's, there's, a, there's a huge sword, a spirit bell, crucifixes, painters of Mary, the mother of Christ, everything was, everything's in here. The chapel was recently excavated and relics, of, and, and, relics and human bones were found under the floorboards. Uh, they say that cameras often refuse to work in this room. Hmm. Yeah. Digital cameras sometimes have their batteries drained of power in this room. Other people have found orbs in their photos. It says here that our group cameras did not pick up any anomalies. However, I felt several cold spots in this room. Others in the group also confirmed these cold spots, although no draft could be found to explain them. Well, yeah, cold spots again, you know, it's like... Um, doorway. Again, with the, with the bones out. buried under there, you just don't know, do you? Well, it's usually said that when you excavate something, like a basement or something, and you like a, knock a wall down, you find a door or something, and you find some bones, shit, it's a fan, yeah. it? And most times, you, know, you, you, you kind of discover something, and you... you Spirits don't bang. tend to like... Any renovations, that sort of... No. Brings, so that stares up the energy, yeah. it, sort of. Anyway. Yeah, you kind of open something up, don't you? Well, the most famous ghost at the castle is the the boy, or the blue boy, or also known as the radiant boy. Mm. Okay, and the story goes that the pink room, which is off-limits to the public at the moment, so it's part of the um, living quarters of the, the residents there, like... But it, the story goes that there's a four-paced bed in there, and people on occasion would be sleeping there, and they'd, they'd hear wailing, mm. uh, yep. scratching, all these kinds of things. And then sometimes some would be lucky enough to wake up and see this sort of blue haze around the bed, almost like a halo coming towards them. And so, with it being, a, you know, a blue spirit, that they saw. Well, they called it almost 
this blue light became like a little blue boy, like, um, right. and then it was not till the 1920s when they wanted to knock through a wall. Remember, this castle has got like three meter thick walls. Yep. But they wanted to knock through a wall to open up these two rooms, like a passageway between the two rooms. And in the course of doing that, they came across some human bones walled up inside the wall. And so this this is where we get the, the little boy in blue because when his bones were found, there was actually fragments of blue cloth still attached to yeah. it. So people were seeing this blue light and now you've got this guy, this little boy being buried in the wall or walled up. Now it's said, and I don't know how true it is, but it's said that his fingers were worn down as if he'd been trying to scratch his way out. Yeah, obviously, yeah, been picked Again. up. And... Now there's some paperwork uh, found with him, which is meant to attain back to the uh, Spanish Armada. Apparently, he had some information. One of the aristocrats was there, was trying to get some paperwork out to, def- you know, to basically, def- you know, to help defeat the English. Uh, and obviously, he was caught. Uh, maybe he's just a messenger boy at this point and he was caught with this information yep. and walled up and people think that's far-fetched but they hung a monkey in Hartlepool didn't they because I thought he was a spy so, yeah, well yeah you know it just did, did happen in them days so obviously uh, since the boy has been discovered the activity has not really died down it died down to an extent but it has not completely stopped okay but like I say the rumour now is off limits anyway so. yeah so obviously nobody can go in there and no People, you know, people still say the uh, the sounds of agony and fear and all the rest of it. So, yeah, there's a another famous chilling ghost. Is that is that of Lady Mary Berkeley, wife of Lord Grey of Walk and Chillingham? Now it's alleged that this ghost wanders the corridors of the castle looking for her wayward husband who ran away with Mary's own sister. Oh, nice, nice chap, nice lady. Lady Mary was left in the castle alone with their baby girl as companion. Heartbroken, visitors to Chillingham have often heard the rustle of an old-fashioned dress or a chill, as if the ghost of Lady Mary has walked by. Mm. I think some of these ghosts have moved on, but I think most of this is residual. You know? Yeah, well, it's I don't think she's... Plane, maybe, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah, I can't see her running around looking for a husband if you ran off with a sister, can you? Well, no. I think we obviously just give... Narrative to these ghosts, don't we? Well, yeah. I wonder if it's doing this because of this and that. We don't know. But there's a, a portrait. Now, this is interesting. An apparition stepped out of a portrait. Now, mm. this is unusual. And it hadn't just happened once. It happened uh, when the, the uh, Tankerville fam- family lived there. The, the children and their nurse, they said that they saw this apparition step out from the painting. It followed them around the castle for several minutes, you know, around the nursery mm. and that, yeah. before... They're fading away. Uh, and then, obviously, like I say, the grandf- Grey family moved in and they seen it, not from the same painting, this is another painting. I mean, you've heard a painting's looking at you, you yeah. know, following around the room. With the this, eyes. This thing really fucking it's does it. Scooby-Doo. It steps out the painting yep. and follows you. Now, there's two different families there and both seen this. And other witnesses, you know, uh, sightseers going to the castle, they've seen this person, this lady, and uh, they actually mistake her for a guide, mm. you know, because she's in the period of clothing and etc. So yeah. they, they just think she's part of the castle's, uh, you know, staff until obviously she vanishes or don't know the way to the toilets. Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't think she'll need toilets, would she? I don't know. You got that one? Yeah, the library. Um, again, the library. It said that in the library, you'll often hear two men talking, mm. although nobody paranormal teams that have been in there have heard this loads of people have heard it but nobody's been able to work out exactly what the men are saying and uh, it's obviously people try and get close to the conversation to hear it more because it's just mumbled from a from a distance they get yeah. closer and as soon as they get too close the, the conversation just stops so no one's yeah. ever been able to work out it's almost as if the ghosts know you're listening and they uh, just stop, stop on cue right. which is a bit of a yeah the, the the lake is apparently very picturesque it said that fish can be seen jumping in the water and others live here too. Otters. Yes, sorry, otters. To look at the lake, you'd never know that beneath the surface lie the remains of thousands of Scots killed during the war with the English. Mm. The bodies would be bundled onto a cart and then thrown into the lake. The water is rumoured to be cursed. If you put your hand into the water, the souls of the dead will pull you under. under. Yeah. The D. Would you put your hand in? Yeah, of course I would. Yeah. Nothing happened. 
Well, sort of. Never say never. Sort of, uh, I'd love that. It's load of balls, mate. And like, if you put your hand, well, not, put your hand in balls. If you put your hand in, Thanks if you put your hand in the water, and then someone just grabs you and pulls you in. Yeah, it wouldn't. Maybe they, maybe they employ someone in scuba deck, scuba gear just to be round, you know, float, swim around the yeah, thing. I don't think they'd do that. They'd be assured enough, would they? That'd be creepy. Maybe just someone with, with kind of a heart condition who tried that. Oh yeah, well, yeah. Well, I'm yeah, saying, you know, yeah, sued, sued. Well, yeah. during restoration work in the 19th century, workmen uncovered two skeletons. Now, these were the skeletons of a man and a child. Uh, what they believe had happened is there was an attack on the castle. These two guys, these two people got into a, like, a priest hole type thing. Ah, the priest holes, yeah. Because yeah, it used to be, remember, it used to be an abbey. Yeah, to, so. uh, you know, to hide from the attack. And yeah. then, for whatever reason, couldn't get out again. So, their hiding place became their... Their ultimate doom. Coffin. Uh, yeah, and uh, obviously they was discovered when the works were carried out. So, like I say, every single room in the castle's haunted, even the pantry. I mean, the fucking pantry. Uh, <laughs> apparently they used to hide the silver in the pantry. Yeah. Uh, and they employed a, you know, like a night watchman just to, or footman just to, just to basically sleep in the pantry on the floor or whatever, just to guard the silver. Yeah. Uh, and obviously he locked himself in one night is awoken by a lady asking him for a drink of water. So he wakes up and he wakes up, goes over to the sink, gets a glass of water. And then he realises that he's locked in the room on his own. Turns around, she's gone. Now, apparently she's been seen more than that occasion. Yeah. She's always asking for water, which leads people to the conclusion that... She might have been poisoned. Yeah, she may have met her end by being poisoned, because obviously Possible. the water kind of makes sense, but who knows? Anyway... Sir Edward Humphrey Tyrrell Wakefield. That's a big name. Indeed. Uh, and a big paycheck as well. And, he, and his wife that lives there, they they obviously know about the history of the castle, know about the spirits. He believes in it. Mm. Okay. Now, he's not necessarily saying that he sees them, but he feels them. Right. He says there's been occasions where, say a wedding, and someone comes to have a wedding there, and it's a gloomy day, raining and all the rest of it, then all of a sudden, just before the wedding starts, it clears up bright sunshine. And, that. and he really believes that the spirits, because he's working for them, they're working for him. Right, okay. Uh, it's like a mutual thing. And the, he believes that. Now, these people who own castles are eccentric anyway. I know, well, we know that. that but he does seem like a really interesting chap. But and this is what he believes. And he believes that the spirits do him a favour. He reckons that they keep the revenue off his back as well. Yeah, um, well. He's also said that on occasions, um, things have fell right next to him. Yep. Uh, you know, parts of the castle, you know, obviously he was in renovation and stuff, just parts of the castle would fall and land right next to him, but never hit him. Mm. And he thinks that that happened that on too many occasions for it to be just good luck. Yeah. Uh, so he, he really believes by that. chance. So he really does believe that the spirits at the castle. Yeah. Uh, and I know Sage is meant to still be there, but I don't know if he includes him in this, but he does believe that the ca- the, the castle spirits are, are look, he's looking after the castle, so they're looking after him. Okay. Um, which is a nice way to think about it, I suppose. To think about the all the turmoil and all the rest of it at the castle. Mm. So, yeah. Right, so that is basically Chillingham Castle in a nutshell. We've got to go, Lee. We're going to have to go and visit there, mate. Spend the day in there, maybe the night, mate. As well. mm, I thought you said we were going to have to go now. Like, well, yeah. I'd love to go now for the finances. I'd love to go now, mate. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Not petrol right, money. Yeah, no, I think we should go there. You can have the banquet. It caters with like 10 or more people. Yeah, the right. I think that's something we, we need to maybe sort out this year, maybe. Yeah. You know, if anybody wants to come, well, we'll, we'll sort we'll sort that out. Yeah, we're still going to York. Don't forget, twenty second yep. of April. If you, we've got an event page on the uh, hangout on the Facebook. So if you if you want to join and come along, say hello. We'll be there. Yeah. So Lee's going to get the first beer in. Yeah, okay. definitely. Only beer though. I'm not buying vodka and coke all night. Oh, well, Benny, for listening. <laughs> so um, anyway, weird news. So I heard this story this week. Or I read this story about. Jane Woodall, I think her name. Jay Woodall. Uh, basically, this woman bought her own placenta and fed it to her and her husband uh, and her children for the health benefits of this placenta. Now, I'm not sure I want to eat anything that comes out of my body or anybody else's body for that no. matter. No. I mean, they'll say, well, it's good for you. Well, so it's spinach and cabbage. Yeah, but what's why would you eat a placenta? But what's the health benefits of it? I don't think there is any. Well, if there is any, it's got to be short lived, doesn't it? Yeah, because it just shrivels up. Because you're not it. eating placenta with your, your Sunday roast every week, are you? So it's going to no. be. Once it's, I mean, she did turn some of it into pills. She dried it out. And actually, I've seen a picture of it dried out, and it looks like you use condom. Ooh. So 
you know, whether you want to make that, but she did, she made it into pills, cost 150 pounds to have it dehydrated and turned into pills. And then you could just pop them every now and again, like cod liver oil, I guess. But I don't know. I think there's better ways to go did about it. Did it help improve? Well, she says did she, she feels she better. The kid, I like the kids, uh, when they asked the kid about it, said, what did you think? And she, she made it into a smoothie for the kid. And the kid said, yeah, my placenta smoothie was yummy. <laughs> Me? What's a placenta? Yeah. Yeah, what? yeah. It's a sweetie. <laughs> Shut up, shrink it. I like this one. This is a weird one. Well, it's weird. No, it's a wanker. It's a wanker. Let's, let's, let's be honest. A YouTuber saved by firefighters after cementing his own head in a microwave. A prank gone wrong here, mate. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, <laughs> what did he expect? Well, yeah, well, yeah. A firefighter spent an hour working to release a YouTube prankster who cemented his head inside a microwave. Jay Swingler, 22, and a group of friends mixed seven bags of polyfiller. I mean, what's this for? What, I yeah. just, Surely three or four would uh, have done. Before they poured it around his head, which was protected by a plastic bag inside the appliance. The intention was to use a microwave as a mould. Well, by the time the emergency services were called at 1.49 on Wednesday to get to the garage of the house in four of the houses, Wolverhampton, the group had already been trying to free him for 90 minutes. Uh, Absolute dick nose. Can't make it up. Why? Now people are trying to... um... Set up a petition to get money, aren't they? Uh, get money, make him pay the fire crew and all the rest of it. Make him pay the money back. Swingler, who helps run the TGF Bross channel, was identified as a YouTuber last night. Ten-minute video of the incident has, has so far gained 865,000 views. Well, that's what it was all well, about. What was it for? He said, I was panicking and I was telling my friends that I was about to die. Watch Commander Sean Dawkin, officer in charge of the West, West Midlands Fire Service crew, who responded, said, As funny as this sounds, this young man could quite easily have suffocated or been seriously injured. He added, taking a microwave p- apart was tricky because a lot of it, lot of it was welded. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just a case, isn't it? Again, if you're gonna, if you're gonna make a mould of anything, um, surely you, you, you use something like rubber or something that could be cut away. I mean, because how would you get it out anyway? You wouldn't. Mm. You couldn't, could you? <laughs> it's time for the joke. <laughs> listener Chelsea sent me a joke. Oh, no nun jokes. Well, no, I know a, a lot of listeners had asked us for nun jokes, but I'm sorry, I'm not doing no more nun jokes because the last poll was fixed. Well, right? we so might do. It. Yeah, if you can find another nun joke, we'll do a nun joke next. No, I'm week. not doing one. I refuse. Anyway, this is the joke. A bodybuilder takes off his shirt and a blonde says, Wow, what a great chest you have. He says, 100 pounds of dynamite, baby. He takes off his pants and the blonde says, What massive calves you have. He replied, That's 100 pounds of dynamite, baby. He then removes his underwear and the blonde goes running, screaming in fear. He puts his clothes on and chases behind her. He catches her and asks her why she ran off like that. The blonde replies, I was afraid to be around all that dynamite when I saw how short the fuse was. <laughs> oh, oh, God. We've all done it. Yeah. We've all done it. Well. Anyway. Yeah. On that bombshell, please subscribe. Absolutely. Visit Keep, the website. Visit the Facebook. Reviews, 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 please. Keep Indeed, them coming. Yeah. Please. Very important to us. Share on social media and come back next week. Bye now. Well, they've gone. No, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there'll be other nights, other stars for us to watch. <laughs> <laughs>